0: Uh, Lord, we are grateful for the amazing time that we are about to have together in your presence. Um, We just pray for conviction. We pray that your word will go forth, God, to bear fruit. Um, You've said that it never goes back to your void without accomplishing what you set it out to do, Lord, and we pray that that would be the uh, case even for us tonight, Jesus, that even as we listen to it, it would be helpful, God, in just bringing us closer to you. We thank you and we bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um recording. Um, so uh, last week, or uh, I think last week, but one, we started out um, on a very exciting series. We're calling it the Sunday School uh, series. Uh, and it's basically us going back to the roots, to the foundations of what we believe, you know. Mm-hmm. And last week we we answered the question of who is Jesus? Um And for those of us who maybe have not been here for a while, uh, this series is one of the ways that the Lord is is equipping us for what we believe God has led us into doing for the remaining part of 2021, which is the most ambitious uh, project that personally, Mimi, I've ever been part of, and also, I believe, as a fellowship that we've ever taken up. And that is to, we're trying to raise um, enough money to cater for, the quarterly budget of a community center that we got linked to, in it was Smile Community Center. It's a children's shelter. It takes up uh, children who are homeless. Um, and so we. I, the funny story is that when when we got that conviction, me in my head, I was like, I budgeted like 300 Gs and that's okay. You know, that's that, that we can mobilize people around it. It's not too much money. At least in uh, Malini Likua, I had enough faith to, to believe for 300 Gs. And then, so we get in touch with these guys, they send us their budget. And then, their monthly budget is 435,000 Kenyan shillings. And so, you multiply that by three, it comes to around 1.4 million Kenyan shillings. And then, but then for me, I remember just thinking that actually, that is how you know this is of God because God will never give you conviction that ushers you deeper into your comfort zone. So, it always just brings you. Uh, it pulls you out and puts you out there and, and puts you in a, in a position where if God doesn't come through, then this thing will not work. You know, it's either he comes through or, or you fail. And then we are also believing God. Now, the vision of home fellowship is to, you know, to raise sons and daughters of God who uh, understand who they are in Christ. And as a result, they go out into the world and effect, um, you know, uh, they their, 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 their manifest who the Lord has you know, first of all, created them to be, and then also called them to be. And so, one of the things that, um, one of the pillars to 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 achieving that vision for us, has always been developing leaders. Uh, sending out. I remember some time back we did uh, a series called Active Faith, which was just addressing the fact that our faith cannot be the, the 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 faith. Our faith, the way it is engineered, it is not just engineered to answer the question of what is God doing for me, but to more importantly ask answer the question of what is God willing to do through me should i be open to it you know and so that that brings in the the idea of you know going out there and and answering important questions like why am i on earth and what is god uh, calling me to do not just in this season but for the long run you know like why was i placed um on earth and so one of the ways that we get to answer that is by is by just growing uh god helping us not that any of us is like like at, at established leaders or anything like that, but God helping us to just grow people who understand that that we are not just here to, for example, pursue our own desires, but maybe there is such a greater calling, and and the greatest fulfillment will actually come from answering that calling and not not necessarily pursuing what we feel we 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 should be pursuing. And so, our call, our answer to that, um, I remember when we were presenting it, I I admitted that it's a conviction. But it is a conviction I had been putting off for close to four years, you know, but then this year, I decided I'll be brave enough to say yes to it, you know, and and so I presented it to the leaders uh, and those guys were like, yes, let's do it, you know, and that is to is to, is to start uh, some form of leadership school or training that we will carry out to just raise leaders for the ne- for our generation and for the next generation you know and so to start us off we are going to be doing a camp in November um, it's, it will be a leadership camp so we'll just be there to to, to look at leadership and to be trained in leadership as per the, as per God's word and how God sees leadership and what is God's heart for leadership and and that cuts across literally everything including what you're doing right now. Um, so, so that will be happening in November. And for the budget for that, as after we did our calculations here and there, we realized it will come to roughly 500,000 if we are not to make anyone pay for that camp, which is our desire. We just want people to come. We don't, we are believing God for people to just come and not to pay for that camp. And so, uh, so you put those two things together, it amounts to about um, 2 million shillings. So alongside this series, we have been reaching out to people i believe right now a good number of us have been uh, approached by one of the leaders of the ministry and we have been ap- approaching people to plug in into that vision you know in either helping us to plan and pray and envision the outreach and how it will look like like how are we going to be how, how does god want us to raise the 1.4 million shillings or to plug in into the leadership camp and figure out how god wants us to go around you know what are we going to be teaching uh jesus what do you want us to be teaching um, you know how do we go about just and literally every single detail, even the logistics. We we will be praying uh, and asking the Lord on how He would want us to go about all those things. And so we have been creating teams, leadership teams that would be spearheading both outreach and the leadership camp. And <clears throat> some of us have already signed up, which I'm so pumped for. Um, so the official work, the official work of praying and envisioning and dreaming and making up strategies. And executing the strategies is starting on Monday because we now have teams for both sides. Although it is, it will always be open for you to plug in as as uh, as the Lord will lead you, and that's very important for us. We want the Lord to lead you into it because we don't want to be convincing people to be doing work. We want we want you to come convicted of the importance of what of what those two things will be achieving, um, and so them. So that's one. And then secondly, now it is this Sunday school series. So both of these things the Lord will be using to 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 lead us towards um, November, okay? As far as now, we can see that that's what we know the Lord wants us to be doing. So this series is an answer to, to that. So it will be running simultaneously with uh, these amazing ladies and, and gents who are going to be working behind the scenes to ensure that this two, uh, this vision yeah, two million shillings is coming to pass. It's crazy, um, but it's very possible. Uh, and I remember the Lord set us up vizuri because i remember i think it was like maybe two months ago or six 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 ago when you know someone just came out of nowhere and gave a hundred only number to make up someone gave a hundred and seven thousand and the craziest thing is that person has never come back we've tried to to <laughs> connect. and for and for me i just saw it as god's way of saying listen um if you're willing I am in, I am in, like we will achieve this thing. So let's let's go and get it. So I'm pumped for that. I, I am so pumped, man. I am so, so pumped. Like, gosh. And and I've seen a detail in the Bible that I had never seen. And it says that, uh, you know, just time time periods and says, you know, on one part, Galatians chapter two, says that he had stayed in, I think, Damascus for three years. Like he got saved and then went to Damascus for three years where he stayed alone with just the Lord. And then now that's when he came back to, I think it was uh, Jerusalem, if I'm not lo- r- wrong, where he now met up with Kina Peter. And then it says he he went away. And, he, and then it says 14 years later, he came back to Jerusalem. So I've never seen those. And I was like, this guy was in ministry for at least 17 years. And the thing that really struck me was that for 17 years, Paul was consistently following Jesus. He was consistently following in fellowship with the holy spirit and that's just that's just the number that i have come across in scripture i'm sure it's greater than that and that really challenged me so um yeah so so i'm i'm really pumped for for us to go out and and just achieve this thing for the for the for the sake of christ uh, not for our sake or anything else but just for the sake of christ you know at a um, I, want to, I want to just get a glimpse of the life that Paul had, just do the great things that he did for Jesus, you know, and I want to be counted amongst those people. So <clears throat> last week we started, um, and I said this series is just here to bring us back to the foundations of our faith. It is, it is basically Sunday school you know uh the simple things that are are profound you know uh that make the gospel the simple the simple gospel of Christ so profound um, and so last week we answered the question of who is Jesus you know who is Jesus and some of the things we were, we said uh, if I could summarize that um we said uh you know that Jesus, if we would summarize it, I mean, we said a lot, uh, but if we would summarize it, it would be that Jesus is the love of our lives, And, and him being the love of our lives isn't based on how perfectly, isn't based, sorry, on how perfectly we can love him back, but on how uh, you know, perfectly and relentlessly, Jesus loves us, you know. And <clears throat> one of the things that we said last week that really, you know, was profound to me was that loving Jesus daily is not about how well we can love him back. I mean, we know that God loves us, you know, and that was the whole point last week, that we just looked at, Maze, God is so deliberate in loving us. And and so for us, loving Jesus is not about how well we can love him back, but how aware we choose to be every day of his love for us. Like we said, that's a reality. You wake up every morning and and you open up the word of God and you affirm yourself in the word of God, you know, that I am loved, uh, you know, and it's not, it's not those pep talks that, that we give ourselves on the mirror. Those things don't work they just make you feel they're sensational they make you feel good about yourself in that moment you know but but when you affirm yourself when you speak the promises and the word of god over your life there's actual there's actual change that happens because the bible says that the message of christ is um the sorry says the message of the cross is the power of God unto us who are being saved. you understand? Like there is, and then Romans 1.16, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So the difference between you giving yourself a, a pep talk on the mirror in the morning, or whenever it is that you're depressed or going through something, and actually speaking the word of God over your life, is that the word of God comes with power to bring about actual change. It's not just sensational change. It will not make you, it will not just make you feel good in that moment. Reality will change. Circumstances will change. You understand? Things will actually change around you. And so, and I and and that's not even the most powerful thing about understanding that you're loved by God. There is just a different way you start, you start thinking differently. Um, and, and I remember I gave the example of how we get into you know friendships and even relationships, looking for affirmation and looking for, you know, contentment in those places. And I was giving the example of dating, and I was saying, for us as dudes, it's very different for us when we are pursuing a lady from a place of desperation where we feel like this lady needs an heterogical gearbox if she doesn't maziis join the final nini i've caught myself saying that a few times unajua maziis gear box who bro yani mimi siju unajua hadi ninaita ninaita my brother wa niombe unajua we pray for this come to think of it that as you to look Nini. niombe anga nini tunaombeo msichana gear box unajua which i think is just a function of 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 vibes you know and and just proper pursuing the lady, you know, Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the Lord will help you. Uh, And then there's a difference between that and then pursuing a lady from a place of contentment, pursuing even friendship from a place of contentment, pursuing an employment opportunity from a place of contentment where you are not proud about it, you are humble enough to acknowledge that I would want this thing to work out, but I don't need it to. You know, because I am already content. I am already satisfied. God is already with me. I have everything that I need for this life and even more. You understand? But I would, I mean, I would love to be in in friendship with so-and-so. I would love this job opportunity. I would love to get admitted into school to pursue this and this and that. But I don't need to. If it doesn't work out, I'll be fine. I'll be more than fine because God has me. You understand? And so you make a decision every day to walk in that reality that God loves me. And 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 he he has accepted me as I am. I don't need to change every anything to come into his presence. You know, he has chosen me. He says that he chose me before uh, I chose him. You understand? One of the most profound scriptures for me has always been that it was while we were still sinners that Jesus Christ died for us. He didn't wait for an indication that if I die, these guys might. There's a chance that they might. Accept me and start loving me. He had no such assurance, but he still went ahead and he laid down his life for us. You understand? So God loves us. And if you can start walking in that reality every day, and it's a choice you make by the it's not sensational. Eh, eh, Seek a feeling. It's just sticking to facts, sticking to truth. Um, I might attempt something and fail at it, but I'm not a failure in life because that is not what God says about me. And, and and I know that sounds a lot like maybe prosperity preaching, but that is just the truth. Uh, me, by the um I'm convinced that God is not prosperous. You understand? I, I do accept that to some extent that that message has been abused, but it doesn't make it any less true. Hallelujah. Ah, yeah. All right, so today um, I want us to answer the question of what is the good news i mean whenever we speak of jesus we say that jesus came with the good news he was the good news he brought the good news so what does it uh, you know what does it what what does that um what does the good news mean but before we get there which i think is also really important for me to mention um that when we come to that place of choosing every day to to be aware of the love of god for us it moves us it moves our attention away from a place of performance and just every day having our gaze fixed on Jesus. Like, if you understand, you are loved regardless, unconditionally. I mean, yeah, there are days when you look, at the, at the end of the day, you look and say, hey, maze, today I have knocked, this thing called Christianity, I have knocked it out of the park. Leo, yes, Leo. Mimi ile Ile nivadi beg. Ata kwa And then there are those nights when you you go to bed wondering if God is still in love with you you know, but if you can understand that the love of God is unconditional, it is, he loves you still. He loves you regardless. It is not your good performance or lack thereof that made him fall in love with you. He just loves you because he does. It has nothing to do with, with performance or with lack of performance. It has nothing to do with the things you do right and the things you do wrong. He just loves you, man. He just loves you, and if you can understand that and walk in that reality, it will move your mindset away from this place of feeling that when you perform well, quote unquote, perform well, woo, today Nikonamungu. and then the days that you you fail and fall short, you're like, man, you know, I'm not sure if God loves me uh, still. So it 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 and and what it means, and, and so yeah, so that's that's important for us to understand. It will it will free you, man, in in ways that we can't even put in words. Today we shall take time to understand the term, the good news. Jesus came to bring the good news to us. So what does it mean exactly? What does that term exactly mean? And how is it good? What makes it good? You know, why is it the good news? Uh, What what makes it uh, good? Um, um, So, Sorry. Yeah, so what makes it good and and how is it good? Now, before we get to defining how it is good, uh, it is important for us if we are to, to truly appreciate why it is good and how it is good, we must be aware of, uh, I know this sounds really corny, but we must be aware of the bad. I'm not trying to be, you know, those, those, those people who play around with words. I'm just saying, if, if you're going to appreciate what is good about the gospel of Christ, then you must appreciate, um, first of all, you must understand what would how would i put this what what does a world or what does a reality minus the good news look like if you can appreciate that then you would appreciate why this news is good hallelujah i hope that makes sense in my head it does so so we must be aware of the bad which when the gospel is compared against makes makes the gospel good hallelujah so um we'll start by just looking at 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 yeah you know what what was the ugly what was what would a world without the good news look like what would your life without the good news look like and the, the the good thing about us trying to understand this is that we have lived it so it's not something that i'm trying to introduce that is new to you it is something that you live you have you have lived from the very start god has loved us man he has always loved us and his plan was that we we would always remain in union with him you know he always wanted to be in union togetherness uh, in relationship with man um, you know he always wanted to be in a love relationship with you and i which uh, where every day and every moment of our lives we would always be in a position to receive god's perfect love that that phrase has been ministering to me so greatly god's perfect love that god loves us perfectly you know but that changed the moment adam and eve ate the forbidden fruit in the garden of eden it changed the story of the entire human race. He was like, you know what? On behalf of the human race, we shall mess up for you guys. Thank us later. <laughs> uh, sorry, bad jokes. Um, but please laugh, it encourages me. Also, At any point when you lose me, just let me know. Thank you, Metha. I appreciate you, bro. Um, yeah, so, you know, so so what they did on that in that garden, uh, it just ruined everything for everyone who followed, every other human being that came after them. You know, the moment they disobeyed God, they became sinners. And the Bible teaches that as a result, the rest of the human race was deemed sinful. Uh, I'm going to read a scripture, but you can note it down. Um, there are some scriptures that I'm going to share my screen so that we can see them, but some I'm just going to read for you. Romans 5.12, it says, sin came into the world through one man. Just listen, sin came into the world through one man. And his sin brought death with it. As a, re- as a result, death has spread to the whole human race because everyone has sinned. So, because Adam, but let's just say Adam. Eh? Uh, gender sensitive and gender, gender equality and all those things. So as a result of what um, man did in the Garden of Eden as the first man, you know, sin, found its way into the world. The next verse explains that sin was already present in the world. It just needed an entryway. And this is so important for us to understand. Sin was already there. It just needed an entryway. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command to, to not, uh, the command was to not eat the forbidden fruit, they uh, they opened the door. It's like, come in, my brother. Come in. Karibu sana. Uh, Romans 5.13 and 14 says, there was sin in the world before the law was given. But where there is no law, no account of no account is kept of sins. So listen to that. There was sin in the world before the law was given, but where there is no law, no account of, uh, no account is kept of sins. And that makes sense. If I don't know lying is wrong, I will, I'll, as in, then the day you know, actually, this is how the Bible puts it. Uh, in the book of James, it says, anyone who knows, I am um, paraphrasing, anyone who knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it, they have sinned, so that's how that's how it says. So if you know something is wrong and then you go ahead and do it, then you've sinned. But if you don't know it's wrong and then you're doing it, you might be excused because there was no law that was presented against that thing. So that is what verse thirteen says. But then verse fourteen says, "But from the time Adam and from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, death ruled uh, over all human beings, even those who did not sin in the same way that Adam did when he disobeyed God's command." So when, when you have to, you have to the, the point that Paul is trying to drive here is that, yes, they might not have, every other human being that came after Adam, they might not have eaten the forbidden fruit, but that was not the point. God was not angry at the human race for eating a fruit. <laughs> and god is not that petty he was not angry at them for for the actual eating of that fruit it is what it represented that he asked us to not do something and we went ahead and did that it was the disobedience that 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 you know did not make god happy and so the point that paul is making here is that disobedience now became a thing it might not be disobedience in the eating of a forbidden fruit but disobedience just became a thing it was introduced into the human, into the human uh, or rather it found its, its way into the world. So just like righteousness, sin is not defined by behavior but by heart condition and this is so important for us to understand. When you when you get this um, you, you, you you move your head away from performance mm-hmm. and you start looking inward, you start looking at your heart. So just like righteousness, sin has nothing to do with your behavior, or rather let me put it this way, it is not defined by behavior but by heart condition. what is known as nature it is what is on the inside it is your nature when for example you say i like using once in a while but how is njanga like ah njanga is a funny guy I don't working in a serious environment this dude will still make jokes uh, of course um that doesn't have to be true i'm just najona ngichochota ni muhimu ni muhimu once in a while <laughs> so yeah so you know it is just who I am on the inside. So it is not about what we do wrong or right, but it is about what is predominant in our hearts. Hallelujah. So it is not, uh, let me repeat that. It is not about what you do wrong or right. It is about what is predominant in your heart. So you don't commit sin because, uh, let me put it this way. You commit sin because you're a sinner, but committing sin is not what makes you a sinner. I don't know if that makes sense. So it is the nature that defines the behavior and not the other way around. The nature here being, uh, I'm a, let me put it this way, the heart condition, let me not use the nature, let me use the heart condition. The heart condition is that you're a sinner. And, and so out of, the Bible says, out of the abundance, one of the most truthful, okay, scripture is not only truthful, but That out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And I tend to think, I tend to believe it is the same with just general behavior, that whatever is abounding in your heart is what will come out as behavior. So if, if your heart is sinful as a heart condition, then the behaviors, you don't expect, uh, for example, a sinner to, you know, to, to be kind and to be self-controlled and to be joyful you know the fruits of the holy spirit a person who is not saved to be giving off the fruits of the holy spirit you understand because again you listen to that phrase it is the fruit of something it is the fruit of the holy spirit so it is it is a byproduct of something that already is inside hallelujah so committing sin is a fruit is a result of you actually of the heart condition which now is what we call a sinner uh, behavior will always be a fruit of what is predominant in the heart. So even the same thing with righteousness. Once you get saved and then, but I will we'll speak about this in just a bit, but once you get saved and then righteousness now becomes your heart posture, then when you keep at it, eventually your behaviors follow suit. Hallelujah. Um, what this means for us as a people is that even when we want to please God, we fail because our hearts aren't wired by default to yield to that kind of fruit. And that was the whole point of the law, the 10 commandments, the law of Moses. That's that was the whole point to show everyone who lives by to show everyone that to show everyone who lives by the law that they need God, that we cannot be pleasers of God by our own will and by our own zeal. Today was the last day I watched porn. Today was the last day I took alcohol. Today, Today was the la- from today on I shall think before I speak I shall I shall pass pass, I'll, I'll just pass through those words through my head first before they come out through my mouth and then um, if you've tried any of those things you know how that goes it never works in fact you catch your mouth after the words have already left and then you're like ah oh, man. Okay, say but for real for real you know and that was the same story with the israelites they would always be repenting for the same things they any you would look at the stone commandments and you think it is so easy like just think about it do not worship any other god other than yahweh i mean the commitment you need to go fetch gold and and burn your gold and then mold it into a calf and then start worshiping it. How do you not understand, between your point after your gold, we melt, we form How does, how is it that none of you are going on the reality that you are actually bowing down to a foreign God? You know, it looks like there were such simple rules to follow. Do not lie. That is, you know, when you want to tell the truth and then a thought comes and tells you, tell the other way, do not listen to that thought. Listen to the first one, which was telling the truth. Do not covet. You are married. Do not commit adultery. You're married. You know that woman, that woman you took before. Uyo. Uyo Do not look elsewhere. You know, don't don't do anything. Don't do anything else. You know, so don't 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 covet. Don't you know accuse falsely. They look like such simple things. And 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 none of them, even those great, the greatest men of God. I mean, you look at a person like David, like. Between huwa mm-hmm. ue kutoka uende upande kwa balkon uone bibi yako wako uchi. Weka rudi kwa hao, kutuma savant aende amuite yeye akuje niaje hiyo process yote ijakui tu bibi yako. As at, it, that should have taken at least atakau savant ni ako quicker at least 10 minutes. In 10 minutes how does it not hit you that this is someone's wife? You understand and even for her you know but i i guess the 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 way the society was set up at that time women didn't really have a say in fact when the king tells you 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 say amen when you na upasi so i guess it was that kind of it was that kind of kind of setup back then and so but it's the same thing with us. We might not have golden cults that we are worshipping, but we have altars in our hearts that we have raised above the altar of God. And you would think, you know, um, but, you know, so it is the same, very simple rules, but, um, you know, they were unable to keep them. We are still unable to keep all those, all those rules. You know, we cannot be pleasers of God by our own will and by our own zeal. It is beyond human ability to keep up with the righteousness of God. It is just beyond human ability. We will fail every single time we try. We can set up all manner of rules and gather all sorts of motivation, even boundaries, but we will still fail. Every single time, we will still fail. Romans 3.20, all have fallen short of the glory of God. The interesting thing is, however, that our hearts all this time will always be crying out for God. There is always an inward cry in every human being to want to be loved perfectly, to be accepted and to not feel unwanted. And that is how God created us. He created us that way so that he may be the one who will always meet that need for us. Romans 7, 22 to 23. Listen, just listen to what it says. This scripture, I remember the first time I read it, it just brought me to tears. It says, my inner being delights in the law of the Lord. And I remember reading that scripture and saying, yes, that is so true. That who I am inwardly, like Nasa scripture, na fungwa Bible do this and that. Every time I receive a conviction to treat human beings with kindness and with grace, maze my heart usually cries out to actually go out and do that. But somehow I fail. Like maze kuna times nitajua, maze nili let God down. And I go into the presence of God. And you see the thing about God, because He's gracious, He will never agree with your, with your brokenness. God, I don't think I deserve your love. Mazé, you so many times. you, know, you there's no day you will get into the presence of God and and feel anything like that. But God, the the thing that you when you get into the presence of God in repentance, the thing that overwhelms you is the love of God. The grace of God, you always feel like he's, he's like lifting you up, you know, bringing you, and you know that that's what Paul was saying, you know, in my um, the grace when he went to pray and told God, you know, remove this weakness, the Lord was like, my grace is sufficient. Like every time you confess to a weakness, the the response that God gives you is grace. Every time you confess to a weakness, the response that God will always give you is grace and more grace and more grace, you know. So my inner being delights in the law of the Lord. What that means is that when we read the Bible, we agree with it. When God says that we should love our enemies, we agree with it. But somehow pettiness always gets the better of us, you know. A, a, somehow, catch feelings usually just looks like a better response to when people offend us. You know, somehow it just always feels like a better position to be in to be to feel like we want to be entitled to. to kona om Jamalini kosea. Nani taka entitled kwa ali kujia apologize. Nataki It depends on how they apologize. we always want to feel entitled. to I am so sorry. I come back again. I am so sorry. i I come back again. I'm so sorry. Unless uh, maybe you guys are spiritual, me. I know I'm petty like that, you know. So maybe, maybe you guys are are, are ahead of me in that respect. No, but we usually want to feel like people are at um, eh? you know, so we always want to stay entitled to that to that anger. You are and you want to but then when we read the word of God in that moment, we usually like, yes, God, I agree with you. I don't want to be a petty person. I don't want to, I want to be, I want to be the kind of person, one na I want to be that kind of person. I read about people like Stephen, who are stoned, and in the process of being stoned, they are worshipping God. I want to be like that person. I want to be like Paul, who for 17 years, just 17 years, this guy,
1: the legacy
0: that Paul built. I want to be like that person. I want to be like people like Billy Graham. One of the greatest things is that he said about Billy Graham is that in the many years that he did ministry, he never ever, ever, ever had a, had a scandal around women. Not even one. As in, moja kusema, hey, this dude mishandled me at some point, you know. And we want to be like, we want to have such, such stories being told about us. I once went for a, a, a memorial of, um, one of one of the people I'd call a mentor. So he had lost his dad. I hope you know make sense. So a person who was like, the age of my father had lost his dad. And so his mom now was, was at that f- uh, memorial and, and she was speaking now about her husband. And I remember I was seated with a, with a brother of mine, um, a good friend of mine, Tungkotumandaneyo Memorial. And I remember when, by the time this lady was finishing uh, her, her, her nini, Tuitanga of it. when she was finished, I don't want to call it a speech. There's, there's, there's a appropriate word for it. Eulogy, thank you, thank you. Yeah, when she was finishing, uh, when she when she was done, you know, giving her eulogy, I mean, half of that room, people are, they are pulling back their tears and, and the mucus. And because one of the things that, that that woman said that really moved me was that she said, I have been married to this man, I think she said 40 years. And she says, not even one day of those 40 years did I ever regret being married to him. This man honoured me. He loved me correctly. I am so glad I married him. And I was like, 40 years into marriage, will my wife say such things about me? Like, will she? Oh, yo. Oof. Yeah, but mean. but, but just, just hearing such things. And I want to be like, I want to be those men. I want to be those men. You know, I want to be like that. So when we read the word of God, you know, our inner being delights. We agree with God that we want to be that kind of person. And then verse 23 says, but I see a different law at work in my body. A law that fights against the law, a law that fights against the law which, which my mind approves. So there's a law that my mind approves. We really don't have time to get into these laws, but just get that. There's a law that my mind approves, and then there's a law that works against the law that my mind approves. It makes me a prisoner to the law of sin, which is at work in my body. So even though inwardly we want to be in the loving arms of God, you know, inwardly, we will always agree um, that we want, we want to be loved by God. We want to feel that perfect love. We want to, to feel cherished in a way that, you know, you know, so we want to be, inwardly, we want to be in the loving arms of God. However, he has set before us requirements that we must first meet in order to be accepted by him, which now was the law, but we failed. Every time. I want you to appreciate how frustrating that can be. I just want you to appreciate that. That inwardly, I want to love God. And I want him to say that of me. You know, like how he would talk about people like David, that he's a man after my own my own heart. Moses is, is written of as a friend of God. You know, I want to be, I want, I want God to say such things about me. I really do. But when I look at how I'm living, When I look at my heart attitudes, my 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 mindset towards people who wrong me, my mindset towards things like, you know, God's will versus my will. When I look at all those things, I am failing at every at at every level, you know. So we fail every time. And that was what was meant to, and and that was what the, the law was meant to make us understand, you know, that there is nothing humanly possible for us to do in order to be accepted by God. There is absolutely nothing humanly possible you can do he gave us the law to show us that we can try our best but we will fail it is guaranteed we will fail short you know the first person who was able to keep up with the with the law of, of god was jesus he was the only person the only human who it is written of, you know that he came lived here for 33 years and never broke even one law and and that's you need to appreciate that because in, i think in the book of leviticus they took 10 laws Wakafanya River Between At the end of it, I think there were like 600 and if my if my memory is correct, there were like 635 laws. There were laws about how you're supposed to relate with your stepmom, any Um so 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 you need to appreciate that Jesus came and never broke even one of those one of those one of those rules, uh one of those laws. So now the question, here's the question as we come to an end. What is the solution? I am in this place where I want to live my life. I agree with God. I want to. I want to live. I want to be the kind of person that He is calling me to be. But for some reason, through my own will and through my own zeal, I can't. I can't do that. And that is because. I hope you understand. That is because of the heart posture of sinfulness. It is. It is the. Your actions and your behaviors are a fruit of what is predominant in your heart. And a person who is not saved sin is what is predominant in their heart so what is the solution the solution is the good news hallelujah so this is why now it is the good news this is why it is good this is how it is good hallelujah i hope you guys are pumped you know the solution was the good news and still till today still is the good news his name is jesus hallelujah God sent Jesus to die for us to atone for the sin that was in us. He paid the price that was required to be paid in order for what happened in the Garden of Eden to be reversed in order to create a true and working method that we would rely on to get back into the loving arms of the Father. So Jesus, by dying on that cross, has now given us today a working method that, listen, if you were to utilize this, let's call it, for now, let's call it strategy. If you were to utilize this strategy, I assure you, you will. when you stand before the Father, He will accept you as righteous. He will accept you as holy. You will every day get to experience the love of God, His acceptance, His mercy, His kindness, His grace. You will get to be, you know, rightfully positioned for His promises over your life. Hallelujah. So this, this, this was what the cross was presenting to us. You know, uh, Jesus took on sin. Um, I, want, I want to pull up a scripture now on my screen, <laughs> I, want, I want us to, to read this, I don't know, is this scripture, I was in Anibamba, um, I don't know if you guys can see it, Vizuri, you can just let me know, one of us can let me know if you can see my screen before we proceed, I just want to make sure, to can you guys see my screen? Anyone? Yes, we can oh, we can see it. All right, thank you, thank you. So this is Leviticus chapter 16, verse 20. And it says, When Aaron has finished making atonement for the uh for the most high place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall bring forward a live the, the live goat. Uh, for context, na So escape goat well escape, So When Aaron has finished making atonement for the most high place, the tent tent of meeting and the altar, he shall bring forward the live goat. He is to lay both hands. Just picture that. He is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites. (laughs) All their sins and put them on the goat's head. So it's like maybe a week before, before this atonement. Every household, write down a list of your sin, for the past, I don't know how long, and to make sure they are presented to the temple before the day of atonement. And so this dude is holding the head of a goat for like probably four hours. I repent on behalf of Njenga's family. They lied when they said, nini nini. I repent on behalf, of, yani for, yani you're just there. Umeshika, you can imagine a person who doesn't, who's not an Israelite, anapita a anapata, your high priest, ameshika mbuzi hivi kwa kichwa, <laughs> Just by um illustration of the scripture. So this dude is there, Aaron is there, unimeshimiwa, man. This is like the, the biggest yeah, spiritual leader in in in, uh, in Israel right now, yeah. And you so can confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sin, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness which also paints a very funny picture in my head. How do you chase a goat into the, anyway? You can, you can The high priest, that is, the, the most respected man of God in society. Um, he shall send the goat into the wilderness in care of someone appointed for the task. Uh, the, goat will carry on, the, the goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place and the man shall release it in the wilderness. So that that was what used to happen. um, (laughs) That is what used to happen uh, for for you know for (laughs) on the day of atonement. Now um, this verse here uh, was symbolic of the cross. Jesus was the scapegoat. He was the one, and they would chase. Now, as we've read there, they would chase the goat into the wilderness to show that their sins had left them, and that they were starting over. So. The one who was supposed to chase that mbuzi, any way to ensure that mbuzi is in rudy man, because to repent, to maybe leave fresh, uh, fresh starts, new season. I love in the morning, but maa, in a rudy, in a rudy, in rudy mbuzi So you are supposed to ensure that it has left Naimenda, Naimenda, Naimenda Kapsa, you know, far away from us. I uh, in my head, you know, I've just thought that now there's another family that was not a, an Israelite family, only na mbuzi. Okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, stick, to, stick to the stick. Um, so they would chase the goat into the wilderness to show that their sins had, as they're starting over. The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross was the same, but it had two major differences. Number one, the first one was that the sacrifice of Jesus was powerful enough to remove our sin permanently. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, Um, I believe it's chapter 10 yeah, Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible says that uh, his sacrifice was enough once and for all. And it also says that he who the son sets free is free indeed. All right? So for the goat, however, and all the other blood sacrifices that were being offered in the Old Testament, they only dealt with behavioral sin. Like they were repenting for sleeping with someone's wife, for lying, for coveting, for... i am coveting it was for converting. um you know they would repent for worshiping other gods behavioral things you know um but not so so the, the blood sacrifices in the history of escape god they would only deal with behavioral sin but not with the heart even after the atonement of these sacrifices, their hearts remained unchanged. They would still go back and do the same things that they were repenting for. You know, so the difference between that and the, and the sacrifice of Jesus was that the sacrifice of Jesus permanently wiped sin. And the sacrifice of Jesus dealt with the heart, not with the behavior role. Um, It dealt with the heart, and then eventually the behavioral would follow. Secondly, Jesus took on our sin and died. In that moment, when Jesus Christ died, because the Bible said he descended into hell, in that moment, the devil must have thought he has won. Uh, there's a book by Ernest Wamboe called uh, The Last and the City. He has such a hilarious depiction of hisi kwenye, and yesu and the hell. wako bash, wako bash, wako bash, sababu mtoto wa mungu and then they hear a knock on the door. And they're like, ah, yes, yes, karibuni, karibuni, ukuni kwenye, ukuni kwenye, watu wa anasa, karibuni. And then on a So you, you can read that book. It has such a funny depiction of, of, of this whole scenario. You know, so he descended into hell. The Bible says that Jesus descended into hell and on the third day he rose. Hallelujah. He beat death and sin. What, what beating death, whenever you sing, whenever you sing that Jesus uh, death was your sting, you know that Jesus has beat sin and Jesus has beat death, what beat, beating death and sin means is that when he resurrected, let me put it this way. So this is the goat to make a the goat has become a sinner just like us and that is Jesus. This is second Corinthians 5:21 him who had no sin was made to become sin so that we who had sin could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Jesus has to he has become a sinner and so he dies as a sinner but the powerful thing about the resurrection of Jesus is that he did not resurrect as a sinner. Hallelujah. He resurrected as Christ. He resurrected as the Son of God, the full righteousness and holiness of the person of God. You know, um, so he didn't resurrect as a sinner, but as Christ. Sin was permanently destroyed by the cross. Sin was taken to a place. Now, sin was taken to a place where it would never rise again. Sin was condemned permanently in hell. Uh, you know, just together with the devil. And then Christ resurrected now, um, you know, as as the son of God. Uh, So now the thing that kept us from running into the arms of the father was dealt with by the cross. Today, we do not have to keep up with the rules. Today, we don't have to keep up with the customs. We don't have to keep up with the law. The Bible says, for we are no longer under the law, but under the grace of God, you know. So we don't have to keep up with the laws in a bid to gain God's affection. We don't have to match up to his standards by our own effort. In fact, God does not even want us to try and match up to his own standards. You understand? So how the question then is, how do we get to stand before God and experience his love for us? How do we get to be in good terms with God? How do we get to have right standing with God? What do we need to do in order for us to be called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? I want to show us a scripture. Man, isn't this less scripture killer time? As manga man, is in like they just hit you afresh with this button for sharing. Okay, here it is. Anyway, um, let's start from verse 15. This is Galatians chapter 2, verse 15. We're going to be reading it all the way to the, to the end. Uh, you and I, so this was he was Paul was talking to Peter, he was rebuking him. You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles, yet we know. a person is not made right with god so yet we know sorry guy. yet we know that a person is made right with god by faith in jesus christ not by obeying the law and we have believed in jesus christ so that we might be made right with god because of our faith in jesus not because we have obeyed the law for no one will ever listen no one will ever be made right with god by obeying the law and that's what i was saying the purpose of the law was not to make anyone righteous. It was to bring you to this point of realizing that on one end, I really want to be with God. I want to be the person that God wants me to be, but I can't. And what brings that realization? That God, oh, God is like, oh, you want to be, you want to please me? Okay, so here are 10 simple rules. Just keep them, you and I will be good. You know, but then you fail. Every single time you fail, every single time you fail. So on one end, you want to be be in good terms with God, but for some reason, you cannot. You keep failing, and that's because of the sin that was in your heart. You know, so for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right—but uh, suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean that Christ led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. Listen now to verse 19. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. Right? Uh, man, if I had time, I would I would fafanua those two scriptures, but let's just go. Maybe next week the Lord will allow us to do that. So, for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So, I died to the law. I stopped trying. This is like the best part. For when I, so, I, I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. I stopped trying. I gave in. I threw in the towel. Nime jaribu, it's fine. You know what? Nime nimeacha. So that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. The sinner, the sinner, then the sinner, has been crucified with Christ. Picture that. When Christ was on that cross, you know, I transferred my sin to him. I was with him. The sinful part of me was with him on that cross. You know, I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Hallelujah. This is how we are made right with God. This is how you get right standing with God. This is how you get to walk into the arms of the Father every day and experience his love. The good news is that Jesus died and resurrected for us, and now we just have to believe. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes, whoever believes in Him will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. What is the prerequisite for you having eternal life, as opposed to perishing? Believing. Believing in what? That the Son of God, the Son of God died for me. And as a result, all my sin is forgiven, not just for today, not for tomorrow, but forever, for eternity. I have been made to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not because of anything I have done right or wrong, but because of what Jesus Christ did for me on that cross. And if I can set my faith on that, then it will be credited to me as righteousness. Believe that what Jesus did for you was enough and you don't need to add to it. Please hear me. Believe. That what Jesus did for you on that cross was enough. You don't need to add to it. I have seen people getting saved. I have been a victim. People getting saved and then deciding, you know, what we are going to put some rules around us. We call them boundaries to ensure that we stay saved. You know, so I will not. Some of them are. What are you saying here? Because I know that that's a very sensitive issue for some of us. You know, but you know, so we try, we try to ensure that we are. Saved, we we we. <laughs> no, funny. We try to help help God to keep us saved, you know. But we don't. The salvation, the gift of salvation that God gave you was complete. It was whole. That I need you to add to it or to subtract from it. And the powerful thing about the good news, listen. The powerful thing about the good news is that it is not it is not only your entryway into salvation, but it is how you stay saved. It is how you stay saved. How do you, how do you get saved? You believe that Jesus died for you and that as a result, you know, died and resurrected. And as a result, all your sin has been forgiven. And now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How do you stay saved? By believing that Jesus Christ died and resurrected for, uh, for me. And as a result, my sin has been removed. Jana, Leo, Kesho, forever, my sin has been removed. You stay focused on that truth. Man, stay focused on that truth. Have your focus on that truth. Galatians chapter three, Paul starts the next verse. Paul starts by asking those people, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And he asks them, What in the world makes you think that what you started in the spirit you could complete in the body? Because someone came and told them, we agree with the grace of God. We agree that all you need to do is believe that Jesus Christ died for you on that cross, resurrected, and as a result, your sin has been forgiven. Maze, we agree with all that. Paul was on point by telling you that. He forgot to tell you one thing, though, that you need to be circumcised. So circumcision is bringing in human help in maintaining salvation. And Paul looks at those people kama mtu mwenya merogwa. Mtu kwa pale, nasaya nakula nyasi. That is how Paul looks at a person who thinks you can get salvation and then after getting that salvation, now bring in a secondary truth where now there are a few things I can put around me that will help me stay saved. There are few things that if I was to do, they would act as value addition to what Jesus Christ did for me on that cross. And Paul is like umerogwa nani. Umerogwa. You understand? Because the way you stay the way you 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 first of all get saved, have your attention on Jesus. How you stay saved, have your attention on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12. Having our attention fixed on the author, the initiator, the one who started it, author, the one who writes the book, the one who started the book, keeping our, our attention on the author and the perfecter, hallelujah, the perfecter, the one who will bring it to completion, the one who will perfect it, the one who will keep it going. Having our attention on the author and the perfecter of what? Of our faith. That's how we run. That's how we walk. That's how we stay saved. It is that simple. Ecclesiastes says, I created you simple. You have complicated yourselves. That is is the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. The Bible says this, that the message of the cross, listen, the message of the cross is the power of God for us who are being saved. I am struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with being consistent in my Bible reading and my my prayer. I'm struggling with with being polite. I'm struggling with this and that. How do I overcome it? The message of the cross Is the power of God unto us who are being saved. What is the message of the cross? The message of the cross is that Jesus Christ died. He was crucified. He died for me. He descended into hell. On the third day, he arose. Now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. If I can set my faith on that, I will not only experience my bringing into the kingdom of God, but I will experience the power that comes with the kingdom of God to overcome whatever it is that I need to overcome in this season and in every other season I shall face in the future. The message of the cross is the power of God to us who are being saved, but it is foolishness to those who are perishing. Hallelujah. It is foolishness to those who are perishing. Ati, ati, somehow Nikki, so a Bible killer, see, You're telling me somehow I'll just stop watching pornography. Me, I think it is more effective for me to disconnect my Wi-Fi, to throw away my smartphone, you know, like to just filter my thoughts. That looks like more, it looks more logical and sensible. But the message of, of the cross, it is the power of God to those of us who are being saved, but it is foolishness to those who are perishing. When someone comes and tells you something simple as that, you might think of it as foolish. If you ever think of that as foolish, or if you ever think of that as not enough, just know you're on the path to perishing. But if and I'm, you know, talk see, see, I I never want to be that kind of preacher. That's actually what the Bible says. Uh, but but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that kind. You know, but the power, the, 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 the message of the cross, the simplicity of the message of the cross, it is the power of God for us who are being saved. Meditate on it. And it, literally, guys, I can testify of this. Every time I have struggled with something, I have just meditated on the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And there's just a power that comes on us, comes on me. Conviction of the Holy Spirit that comes on me. And chains are loosened. You know, like my mindset is changed. If I used to think, uh, you know, using curse words is such a cool way to speak, now I think of it as very foolish. In fact, I think people who use curse words in my head are people who should really work on being eloquent. I mean, just if you cannot, if you cannot just speak straight, you need you need additional words. Maybe you should work on, on your you know just work on, on on your thoughts and how you speak. You know, I remember in campus. Being asked, say you don't sleep with these girls that you're always hanging around. And I remember that day, those guys when they're asking me, I was like, you know, if the only thought that can come to your head, then I put you with a girl like this, and the only thought that can come to your head is sleeping with her. I remember just in that moment thinking and telling those guys, I actually don't think immorality is your problem. You just lack creativity. I mean, a kwa na see once like killer time Like every single time you put together with a girl. That's the only thought that comes to your head, you know, and that is what the power of the cross does. It changes the way you think about certain things. It helps you to lose interest in the things that are not of God and helps you to find excitement in things like hearing people getting saved. The, the, the sheer thought of me opening my mouth and telling a person about Jesus and then turning their life completely around based on what I said to them about Jesus. You start being excited about such things. You start being excited up at the thought of God is gonna use us to cater for the needs of, of, of boys and girls in a children's shelter for three months. Now this is it to God is just going to, it's a wild ride we are going. The thought of God could possibly use me, God could possibly use you to completely change the way leadership is looked at in our country and potentially the continent. You look at people like Billy Graham who people say he had led, I think, 75, was it? No, it was 7 million people to Christ by the time he was dying. How is that even possible? You look, at, you look back at your life and you're like, I don't understand how we got, I mean, I know how we got here, but I don't know how we got here. I can tell you the story, but I can't write books of... A book on seven steps on how to be used effectively by Jesus. Yo, listen, me. I just got a conviction day by day. I opened my Bible every day. I prayed every day. Out of that, there was conviction that came. I obeyed that conviction. And that's how I'm. That's how I'm, I am where I am today. So, just to encourage you, that my friend, that is the good news. That is the work of the good news in your life. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We welcome it, Lord, and we pray again, God, that it will just go forth to bear fruit, that it will go forth, God, to just bear fruit. God, bring us back to the simplicity of the message of the cross. Reveal to us, God, the power that is there in the message of the cross. God, we bless you. We exalt your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.